What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in. It is Thursday, September 17th, 2020. Tigers took it on the chin last night. Well, I don't know, 4-0. Hard to say they took it on the chin, but they definitely got beat by the Kansas City Royals. I'm going to talk, obviously, a lot about that game here in the first segment. A fairly dull ball game, you know, 4-0, but at the same time, there were some interesting developments and even a few things that that got under my skin, and we'll talk about that. But I will start by saying there were some positives. Tarek Skubal, very good last night. Six innings, four hits, three runs, only two earned, zero walks, and eight strikeouts. Those last two numbers are the most important. Zero walks, eight strikeouts. This is coming off of what I believe was a four-walk performance against the St. Louis Cardinals. A million times better. A fastball command. I mean, that that's that's going to be the difference for him, I feel like, as a pitcher. Stuff is is incredibly dynamic. I, I would say, you know, some people say Manning, some people say Mize. You know, it, it depends on who you ask. I, even I'm up in the air with it, but I think definitely the best fastball, maybe, in terms of spin rate in the organization. I know some people say Manning, but... I don't know, Manning's not here. So in terms of guys at the major league level, definitely the best heater. But your heater is only as good as as how well you locate it. And last night I thought he located it much, much better. Substantial step forward for Tarek Skubal. And look, ultimately, it really is too bad he had such a brutal, and it was a brutal outing against the Cardinals last week because three of his last four starts have been good. You know, he, he got the win against Minnesota where he went five innings, two earned, had what was his best start next time out in the Twin Cities against the Twinkies where he went six innings, only gave up one earned. And then, of course, he got rocked. But then yesterday, I thought he was he was very good. You know, uh, more than a quality start. Six innings, two earned runs. Most days, if you have a pitcher that pitches like that, uh, you're going to win a lot of those games. But he was outdone by the just absolute brilliance of Brady Singer last night, the rookie for the Royals, coming off of nearly no hitting the Cleveland Indians. He went eight innings scoreless in that ball game. Goes six innings scoreless last night. Six innings, two hits, zero runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts. A strike-throwing machine. And what I liked about him, and what I liked about Scooball, and, and I think, I could be wrong, I think this might be a new revolution here. I hope that this is the beginning of something from pitchers in the major leagues. Working fast. Like, to me, working fast as a pitcher is one of the number one signs in which you're confident with what you're throwing. Like, I think when Verlander got into trouble here, which was rare, obviously, you know, Verlander's the man, but, uh, and I'll have to look this up, it seemed like when he got to Houston, he was working a lot faster than he was in his time in Detroit. His last couple years in Detroit, it would be painful at points here because he made a million pickoff attempts. You know, he took a long time in between pitches. It seemed like he improved that in that area once he got to Houston. I think to me, working fast means confidence. And confidence, if you're a hitter, is a scary thing going up against a confident pitcher. And I think you saw that from both Scooball and Singer last night. Singer was brilliant. I mean, from the first inning, you could tell he had it. I mean, almost through an immaculate inning in the first inning. Had, had It struck out the first two and had Miggy 0-2 ended up uh, striking him out on, on four pitches as opposed to three. But he was great last night. Probably would have let him go one more inning if not for the fact that he threw so many pitches his last time out. Uh, he's going to be dangerous here. And, and I have very uh, serious question marks about the Royals and their ability to compete because of how limited they are with their budget, but I, I guarantee Brady Singer is probably going to be one of those guys, even if the Royals are bad, that we're going to look at and be like, well, I don't want to face him. You know, kind of the same way Burley was like that when the White Sox were bad for a long time, and they had some really good years, obviously, won a world title in 05, but even when the White Sox were at their worst, it's like, well, 
You know, I know this is a bad team, but they got Burley on the mound. It could be the same way with Singer. I mean, especially if he pitches like he did last night. I don't know if he's got the ceiling of a bona fide ace. You know, you like to believe that an ace is more of a Verlander or a Cole, one of those guys who, who has fastballs in the upper 90s. But I think he could be a great number two for that ball club going forward. I, I liked him a lot. I thought last night that was a really, really impressive performance by him. Offensively, the Tigers uh, couldn't do anything. 12 strikeouts. Every single player in the lineup struck out last night. Several guys struck out twice. You only had two hits, both of them singles by Willie Castro and Jamer Candelario, respectively. There was one thing about last night's game that really bothered me, and it was the guy behind the plate. And I, I kind of feel bad ripping on him that much because it was his first game. Eric Haas uh, went 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a walk last night, but it was his defense that really frustrated me. So in the first inning, Alcantara makes an error that leads to a home run by Salvador Perez in the next at-bat. A two-strike pitch, which I swear has been something for a long time here that has been an issue. Guys throwing the wrong pitches with two strikes, or not even throwing the wrong pitches, poor location with two strikes. Did it again, threw an inside fastball to Perez up in the zone, he crushed it. So that's an unearned run, your defense doesn't do you any favors. But in the sixth inning, where Scooball gave up his second earned run, Merrifield reached on what I believe was an infield single. Scooball should have checked on him. He didn't, right? Merrifield does not get a good jump. Haas gets up to try to throw him out at second. Should have gotten him. A below average throw would have sniped Merrifield there. Easily, easily. He two hops it to second base. Merrifield goes up to second. You have Perez in a 1-2 count. He calls for a changeup up in the zone, I believe. If it wasn't up, it was at least a way. Scooball threw it up. I don't think it was a good pitch selection. I would have gone, I would have tried to bury something there. Changeup, not necessarily a terrible idea. I would have either tried to bust him inside with the fastball. I get why he didn't do that because he tried to do that previously and it led to a home run. But Perez is a guy, he's got weak knees, right? He's He's been battered and bruised as a, as a catcher for a long time. I'm trying to go change up away, make him extend, make him try to chase. He's capable of doing that. Salvador Perez never walks. Good hitter, does not walk. Bad pitch location, bad call for where he wanted the pitch. That is a run that is solely on the catcher. And it was last night frustrated the hell out of me because it was an absolute slap in the face and a reminder of how much trouble this organization has gotten themselves into with their catcher situation. Now, it started to bother me more this year. Over the last couple of years, it hasn't mattered. Who cares? The team's been terrible. They've been trying to lose. And I know they still are. But when you have these young pitchers on the mound, I want to see not just these guys performing, but I want to see an organization that is putting these guys in the best positions to perform and giving them a terrible defense, which is what this team has, and terrible, terrible catchers behind the plate. I, I implore anyone out there, over the last three years, like since they traded Alex Avila, I, tr- I don't know if any team in the history of professional baseball has had a worse string of catchers, both offensively and defensively, than James McCann in 2018. I know James McCann went on to be wonderful for the White Sox. He was terrible in 2018. To Grayson Griner, to Bobby Wilson, to Jake Rogers, to Austin Romine, and of course Griner again this year. I don't know if there's been a worse collection of catchers. But the only one of that bunch that is relatively good defensively was Bobby Wilson. Bobby Wilson can't hit at all. He got released after like 30 games. He's never been able to hit. It makes a huge difference. I'm sorry, especially when you're dealing with young arms, having a good defensive catcher makes a world of difference. 
One of the best signings in baseball last year was Yasmani Grandal to the White Sox. Four years, $73 million. That was chump change. A guy, one of the best offensive hitting catchers in baseball, one of the best pitch framers in baseball. It makes a difference. Look at the difference that, look at the difference Salvador Perez had on Brady Singer over his last couple starts. And look, I know Salvador Perez is not a good pitch framer, but he's a great game caller. He's a great leader. He has a phenomenal arm. He's a five-time Gold Glove winner. He's made a huge difference for them over the last, I mean, a, 10 years now he's been there. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why they won a World Series there. I, I mean, I can't. he got the most out of Chris Young and Edinson Volquez and Jordano Ventura, God rest his soul. I mean, so, some average to below average pitchers. Perez carried him. He was such a key piece for them. You know, World Series MVP in 2015. Look at the job that, that Yadier Molina has had, the impact he's had on the young starting pitchers of the St. Louis Cardinals organization over the last 17 years. The fact is, the point I'm trying to make is that this organization is in desperate need of a difference maker at catcher. And I'm going to hammer this point home from now until the winter meetings, until he signs. JT Riamuto is priority one, two, and three. Priority A, B, and C for the Detroit Tigers in the offseason. It is imperative that you make a serious run at him. Now, if if the market overinflates his value and a team gives him eight years, $200 million, okay, don't do it, right? He's a 30-year-old catcher. To me, though, the reason why he is the, the golden goose, the white whale of this offseason, is because even if his bat you know dissipates, even if 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 his power goes away for the, over the next several years, you still have an elite game caller and pitch framer. And if you're building an entire rebuild around young starting pitching, you need a great defensive catcher. They wanted to have that with Jake Rogers. Jake Rogers, uh, he can't hit the baseball. Eric Haas started a game last night over Jake Rogers, uh, and Jake Rogers still down in Toledo, right? Maybe Rogers will develop into a backup, but I- I'm not banking on Jake Rogers at this point. Jake Rogers is 26 years old, and I know there will be people who are going to say, why would JT Riamuto want to come to Detroit? I don't know. A dump truck full of gold ought to do it. Everyone's got integrity until they see how many zeros are before that decimal point. You have you have some young pitchers here with a lot of talent. That we cannot deny. It's time you 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 build around them and put them in positions to succeed. And I'm sorry, having Eric Haas or Austin Romine or Grayson Griner call ball games for them, that's not putting them in position to succeed. Absolutely not. And I'll deal with it for this year. After this season, no, you got you got to build something, or else you're you're gonna screw yourself. You're gonna waste talent, or maybe not waste talent, because I think these guys are so raw and their stuff is so good that waste talent might be strong, but you won't be able to maximize talent, and that's the important piece here: getting the most you can out of these guys, and that means putting them in the best position to succeed, and that means giving them good game callers and defensive catchers behind them. This is a big deal to me. Like, this is a deal breaker to me. I can't say it goes overlooked, but it is one of the most important things in baseball, especially when developing young starting pitchers. So that's just a little rant I wanted to go on, something that frustrates me. Starting next year, we cannot have Eric Haas calling baseball games for these young pitchers. We can't. When I get back, I'm going to preview tonight's pitching matchup. Tigers began a four-game set against the Cleveland Indians. We will be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back. So like I said, Tigers start a four-game series against the Cleveland Indians, the scuffling Cleveland Indians. You know, no no better opportunity to get back on track than to play the Detroit Tigers, a team that they have owned over the last several years. I'm really looking forward to this pitching matchup. I'm going to start with who's on the mound for Cleveland. Shane Bieber going for the Cleveland Indians. He comes in with a record of 7-1 and and a 1-5-3 ERA, 102 strikeouts already this season. He gave up three runs last time out, but Bieber still went six innings with eight Ks. He's recorded quality starts in nine of his ten outings this year while logging at least eight Ks in each start. Plain and simple, Shane Bieber has been the best pitcher in baseball in 2020. The stuff is unbelievable, but to me, what, what's what's carried him is, is, is how good his command is. I mean, like, flawless command. Usually, you freeze hitters with off-speed stuff, with curveballs, with breaking balls. He freezes hitters with fastballs, just dotting on the outside corner. He is one of my favorite pitchers to watch. He's transformed himself into an elite ace, you know, a typical Cleveland Indian starter developing into an ace. Who knew? And, of course, for the Tigers, you have Casey Mize going. He's 0-1 with a 5.85 ERA. Mize gets another matchup opposite a Cy Young Award contender after dueling with Lucas Giolito on Friday in Chicago. Mize took a no-hit bid into the sixth inning before a leadoff walk and a double fuel to White Sox rally and left him with a no decision. Major step forward for Mize in his last outing. Stuff was great. I really like the fact that he was working backwards in counts. You saw cutters early in counts. You saw splitters early in counts. Very, very important for him, and I hope he 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 continues that. This is a lineup that I think he should have some success against. This is not the White Sox, right? It's not even the Cubs. Like, this Indians lineup has struggled quite a bit in terms of maintaining consistency. They still got some great hitters. You know, they still got Lindor, and they still got J-Ram. It is still dangerous, but I think this is a, this is a very important start for Casey Mize because we've seen Mize show moments where it's like, all right, the, he looks okay here. Uh, maybe he needs to work on some here. That was an all right outing. I, I really want to see consistency here. But same with Scooball. Like, Scooball was solid yesterday. I want to see in his next start him establish some consistency as a pitcher. And that, that's very important. Like, when you when Verlander was dealing here, and maybe it's unfair to compare him to him, but let's go even a lesser guy. Let's say, like, Doug Fister when he was here. You would have the occasional bad outing, but they would follow it up with four or five quality starts, four or five, seven inning starts, you know, three runs, two runs, one earned run, seven scoreless, like really elite performances. I want to see how good these guys can be when they get into a groove. We've seen it from Shane Bieber this year. We've seen Shane Bieber go out and have four or five, six starts in a row where he's just carving guys up. I want to see Mize establish that consistency. And I know that's difficult to do in in this wonky 60-game season, but I think it would be a a major sigh of relief for Tigers fans if they could see these guys end the season with two or three consecutive, even if they aren't quality starts, just good starts. I think it would go a long way uh, in building towards the future. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Castellani 2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll find the link to my YouTube page. Please subscribe to that. I'm going to have a movie review up probably on Friday or Saturday for The Devil All the Time, the new Netflix movie. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for sticking with me, people. We got some some exciting news, I think, coming down the pike here pretty soon. Please stay with me. I know sometimes uh, I get into these ruts, but I, I, I promise you every day I'm I'm trying really hard, really, really hard to do the best I can. And um, I I appreciate you sticking with me. I have a very loyal group of people, and it means the world. So thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.